0: This morning our uh, scripture readings are reversed in order. The New Testament will come first and then the Old Testament following and the sermon will be based on the Exodus text this morning. So the New Testament reading comes to us from the Gospel according to John in the 6th chapter beginning at verse 31. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written, Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven... And gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. In our Old Testament reading for this morning, in the 16th chapter of Exodus, beginning at verse 2 and continuing through verse 7. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written the whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? Here ends this reading from God's holy word. It strikes me as I hear the words from this passage from Exodus recorded so long ago now regarding a a faraway people in a far-off land just how much it continues to speak to us today. Much of Scripture, in fact, has a timeless essence to it if we delve into it, but texts like this one are in a bit of a category by themselves in terms of their, dare I say, relevance. The Exodus, after which this book is named, it was a time of huge disruption in the lives of the Hebrew people. For a long time now, they had been settled, both literally and figuratively, in a foreign land. It was not their home, But over time, they had made it homey enough so that they were, shall we say, content. Now, I'll admit, it's kind of hard for me to imagine how anyone could find contentment in slavery. But then again, I don't have a frame of reference for beginning to understand how that might be possible. The lives of the Hebrews residing in Egypt had become increasingly difficult under successive pharaohs and their burdensome decrees. Yet still, there seemed to be a sense of settledness, of acceptance, of this is the way things are and this is the way things shall remain, at least for the foreseeable future for us and our children. And then, Along comes this Moses fellow. At the direction of the God of the Israelites, he really upsets the apple cart. The Egyptians probably thought they had seen the last of him when he fled the region after killing an overseer on account of the way he was treating the Hebrew slaves. But, like a bad penny and probably against his own better judgment, on account of God's prodding, here he comes again. He's a man on a mission, and that mission is to convince the leader of the Egyptians to release all of the Israelites. The emancipation which he was lobbying for, and which was ultimately granted by Pharaoh, again, at the prodding of this same God, was as one might expect, met with jubilation, initially at least, but it didn't take very long before some of the recently freed folks began to be less than thrilled with their new circumstances. So how does that equate with what's been happening around these parts in our time? The way I see it, The pandemic has been for us, our region, our nation, and the world, really, a watershed event. It has been a defining moment in human history that has created a new era. Everything before was PC, pre-corona. Everything is post-corona, well, perhaps not everything, but nearly everything, it seems, has changed in some way or another in 2020. So we are living in a tumultuous time, as tumultuous as the time that the Israelites were during the exit. And like the Israelites, it seems to me that we're starting to get a bit stir-crazy. We have been dumped out of whatever comfort zone we had been in prior to the start of this year. Whether it was a comfortable or a not so comfortable comfort zone, now we find ourselves in a completely new landscape. Many things may look similar to the way they did, with only slight differences, As Moses led his people across the Red Sea, they were seeing the same water, but from the other side. It looked familiar to them, but somehow slightly different. And that's the way I find myself feeling. As we slog through 2020, this disorienting movement occurred with little warning. So, the Hebrews didn't have much time to prepare themselves. It was a case of adaptation without anticipation. Suddenly, they found themselves in very different circumstances. And the same is true of us. And like the ancient Hebrews, in the process of adaptation, we find ourselves given over to complainant. We don't like the food here, Moses heard the people of God say. It's dry and dusty and we've got sand in our hair, and in our eyes, in our ears, in our noses, in our mouths, and wherever else. We've been walking and walking and walking, and we don't seem like we're making very much progress at all here. You want some cheese with that wine? Moses must have been ready to ask them. Well, God's response was to send some manna to go with their wine. As bothersome as this murmuring was to Moses, he probably realized that the people's ingratitude could become irksome to the ears of the Lord. And that, he rightly reasoned, could lead to some really big, Big problems. And so again, I would submit to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we may see parallels with our own circumstances. Yes, things are generally much lousier this year than last. Yes, who among us can hardly wait for the chance to bid 2020 adieu? It's been a real dud. Life is just all kinds of disrupted. And we don't appreciate it. And I get that. In fact, I can give that a big old amen. But just because things aren't going our way, we ought not to be failing to find, to quote a song from Christian radio, 10,000 reasons For my heart to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, worship his holy name, and amen of sorts to the psalmist who urged himself and his people to bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Even when they didn't deserve it, God provided bread from the heavens for his people, Bread that would sustain them on the journey. Even though we don't deserve it, God continues to supply us with our daily bread and to see to all our other needs as well to sustain us on our journey. In the midst of their time and accompanying complaining in the wilderness of Sinai, God was still... Faithful to his people. In the midst of our time and accompanying complaining in our wilderness of Corona, yet still, God continues to be faithful to his people. As it was for the Hebrews who were displaced from Egypt, I would argue that it is sometimes a challenge for we who have been displaced from the lives that we knew just over a half a year ago to find ways to be a grateful people. For we are on a journey to a place we haven't been before, faced with obstacles we've never had to confront until now. It's not hard to notice all the hurdles that have been freshly placed, to notice the threats and the inconveniences before us these days. But just as with the folks Moses was shepherding in our Old Testament reading, the question begs to be asked, what is a faithful response from a people of faith? We cannot change the course of the pandemic. We can flatten the curve, as they like to say, a little bit collectively. But we can't snap our fingers and create a a vaccine or a cure, all those things are beyond our ability to control. But what is certainly not outside our ability to control are the ways in which we respond to the situation. We can choose to be grumpy curmudgeons, like those often depicted in the accounts from the Exodus period seeing only the negative and wallowing in self-pity and lashing out in anger. Or we can do what I believe Moses was advocating, and that is to remember who we are and whose we are. In times like those and in times like these, I think we face an existential identity crisis. I'm convinced that the current global virus has been impacting more than just the bodies of its victims, but also the minds and the hearts of all those it has touched, both directly and indirectly. I refer to this as COVID craziness. It's when otherwise good, well-intentioned people get all kind of out of sorts for no apparent nor particular reason. And I don't know about you, but I see it happening all around me and just about all the time anymore. The good news in all of this is that though there may not be an antidote for the virus, there is an antidote for an unfaithful response. Just as Moses called the people to repent, I believe that we are all in need of the very same turning. Turning from being wrapped up in our own Disappointment in our own impatience, in our own self-pity, and turning back, turning back to appreciating God for his enduring love and his continuing providence. When our gaze is averted from self and placed back on God, we're living more faithfully into our calling to be in the world, but not of the world, as Paul would write long after Moses slept with the ancestors. And it seems to me, we could all use some more of that. Sure, it's pretty easy to see that the world is going to perdition in a handbasket. But we church, we have to control that which we can control. As many better educated and spoken people have observed in the past, the change that we want to see begins with us. Just as the people of God who found themselves in a place where there was little food were provided for by God, we too receive our daily bread from a Heavenly Father who continues to see to all our needs because He loves us. Of course, it goes way beyond the basic staples of food, clothing, Shelter. Why? He's even won a victory for us over sin and death. And still, we obsess over living in the past while we complain about the present. It doesn't have to be that way. And I would argue that Moses doesn't think it should be that way. Though he was fighting an uphill battle. Even with the miraculous life-saving and life-sustaining gift of daily bread from the heavens, the people weren't content. They weren't grateful. So my challenge to myself and to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, especially in these days, is to be a, a bit less critical and a bit more thankful. After all, God has not changed throughout all of history, he still cares for us. He still provides for us in ways that outnumber the sand on the beach or the stars in the sky. For that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.